Melbourne Cup winning Hoop Now analyst with the Seven Network. Michelle Payne has been good enough to join me on Summer Grandstand across the country. A controversial day at Mooney Valley yesterday. Michelle, appreciate your time. No worries. Great to be on. A fascinating day of racing yesterday, and it wasn't without controversy as well. The Cox Plate eventually going the way uh, to Team Island, of course, with uh, with Joseph O'Brien. What are your reflections on what took place yesterday? Oh, firstly, it was just one of the most dramatic Cox Plates I've seen going back to when Viscount protested against uh, Sunlight and Northley. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised. I did think that it would be... Uh, you know, go go the other way of being upheld and Animo winning the race. But, um, yeah, I was rapt to see Johnny Allen win. I've, I've known Johnny for a long time and ridden work with him for years with uh, Darren Weir when he was training and um, absolutely rapt to see him get the result. But, yeah, I was surprised because I thought that there was uh, enough of a margin in the interference and, and um, you know, the, the result of the race that it, it might have gone the other way. Do you think it would have been a different result had it not been the Cox Plate? I wouldn't like to delve into that. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I was just surprised, but um, there must have been reasons behind why the stewards went that way. And it was interesting that we didn't get to hear those reasons. Usually they, mm. they will come out and, and say, you know, their thoughts behind upholding or dismissing a pro- protest, but we didn't get to hear those yesterday, which was, um, it was, that was a, a bit of a shame because it would have been nice to, to know what they were thinking. It's such a part of racing though, isn't it? That the protest and the role that the stewards play, it, I think it sort of feels like it's sort of unnecessarily tarnished that, oh, if we decide a Cox Plate in that fashion. Do, do you think there would have been anything wrong with it had the, the Cox Plate been decided in, in that kind of fashion rather than just the first one through the post? Look, I don't think so. I think you just have to go on the facts. And the facts of the race was that he shifted ground. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, slight, a small margin in the end. Um, and the rules racing out, you know, state you're not allowed to shift ground and make contact with another runner. So I think you, you should basically go off the facts. But at the end of the day, like I said, the stewards must have had reasons behind why they felt it should have been dismissed. And, um, yeah, it would just be nice to, to know what they were. So on the winner, state of rest, uh, Irish trainer Joseph O'Brien, he's only 28 years old, Michelle, and he's already now won two Melbourne Cups and a Cox Plate. He's the son of uh, a racing legend, legendary trainer, obviously, um, in Aidan O'Brien. Uh, and what a hell of an accomplish or a list of accomplishments already for, for Joseph at such a young age. Absolutely incredible. Like, he, he does get the opportunities with these high-class horses, but to be able to bring a horse over here, he's only uh, basically just turned four. He's, he's, he's not even four, I don't think. I think he's only, they said, five months older than Animo and, and had to carry six six kilos more than him yesterday. So um, I think that goes to say a lot for the horse, but just for, um, yeah, what he's done around the world and to be able to bring a horse out here, First up, no run into the Cox Plate and uh, dominate like they do. It's phenomenal, really. Oh, it, was a, it was an amazing day of racing. There was sort of drama at the start with a couple of scratchings. There's dramas at the end, obviously, with the Stewart's Inquiry. And in the end, State of Rest takes out the Cox Plate. So our attention now, Michelle, of course, turns to Cup Week. You're, you've always been such a central figure in recent years uh, during the, the Melbourne Cup Week. Is it still going to be a big week for you, despite the fact that there are caps on on crowd numbers and I'm sure um, fewer sort of functions than what you're used to during this week? Yeah, absolutely. I think the buzz around Spring Carnival is always big, whether you're 
riding in it, um, spectating or whatever you're doing. It's just that build-up that makes it so exciting. And, uh, yeah, got, coming from the best two minutes of the sport last Saturday leading into, you know, Derby Day is one of our greatest days of racing and then into the, the Melbourne Cup and, and Oaks Day and Stakes Day, it's, it's just the best week of racing and everyone gets behind it in Melbourne and it's just built up so well. And, and I think what's so exciting this year is, we do have a horse that could look to be a champion in um, incentivized going forward. Uh, I think he's just one of the most exciting horses um, we, you know, we're going to see for a while. I think uh, he's he's just incredible where he's come from. That he's, you know, he was a thirty-three thousand dollar purchase up in Queensland, and now he, you know, he could be a champion. And I think that's what racing's about. It's about these stories, and and it gives everyone hope who's part of it that, you know, to get the next incentivizer or, or the the next champion on the way up. And he's a rightful Melbourne Cup favourite in your book? I think so. I think uh, he's just doing everything they're asking of him. Uh, you know, every time he gets challenged, he, he just seems to find another gear. He's an unbelievable athlete. And what's incredible about him is he's not even bred to be a stayer. He's actually, uh, his, his damn side is all sprinting, um, you know, sprinting breeding. And I think yeah. that that's incredible to see. Now he's the favourite going into a Melbourne Cup, but can't see why he, he you know, he can't win it. He's uh, just doing everything that they're putting before him. So we've seen fans back on the track in Sydney, obviously for the Everest and in um, recent meets. Uh, and now Melbourne is going to get their turn. So 5,000 on Derby Day, 10,000 for the Cup. You've been at all these meets throughout the spring over the last sort of year, two years, Michelle. Um, how much of a difference is it going to make having patrons back on course? Oh, it'll be so good. It's it's actually been a bit heartbreaking in a way just to see no crowds. Like yesterday at Cox Plate Day, it was, you know, one of the, best days of racing and uh we didn't get to see anyone there to to view it and i I think it's just absolutely heartbreaking to see those empty stands and empty uh uh, fields of grass out on the lawn so i think even just to have the small numbers that are are allowed to to come back in is going to be um it's going to be fantastic derby's always a great day and there's going to be five thousand people there ordinarily there's a hundred thousand people there in recent years michelle it's actually uh, there's been more people that attend Derby Day than obviously the the cup itself. Or the fashion is very much blacks and whites is the themes obviously uh, and, and the theme obviously for uh, for Derby Day. Um, what is it about Derby Day that's such a special part of the the spring racing carnival calendar? I think it's just so prestigious. With every race is a group race. Uh, I think it's the the quality is so high. Um, and not only that, it's the first day, it's a Saturday, everybody's pumped, everybody's excited. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why it's it's so big. And then it doesn't sort of seem to feel like it drops going into Cup Day, Oaks Day and Stakes Day. It just mm. feels like the whole week is, um, is really built up and really huge atmosphere when you're out there because every day is unique in its own way with obviously Melbourne Cup Day following Derby Day is, is the Melbourne Cup and then you've got Oaks Day, which is Ladies' Day, so everybody's sort of dressed up in colours and bright, and it's 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 a really fun day. And then uh, Stakes Day is, you know, more for the families, and um, still a huge day as well. So I just think the whole week's got it all. What about your own uh, week and experiences, Michelle? Since winning on board Prince of Penzance, how many times do you get asked about the race in the lead up to uh, to Cup Week, and and how many times do you uh, do you recount the stories? <laughs> many many times I've <laughs> gone through the race but I, I tell you I could take you through every step of that race even though now it's six years ago um it's so embedded in my mind it was just you know the biggest day of my life what I'd trained for and and dreamed of since I was a little girl of five years old and for it to uh come true and come to fruition on that day it was just 
as you can imagine, a, an absolute dream come true. Uh, the horse itself, are you kept up with um, where is he nowadays and what's he up to? Uh, he spends most of his time out at Living Legends and uh, I think he travels around a bit. He, he goes down to his trainer's farm, Darren Weir. He goes to Maddie Raymond, who looked after him a lot. She was his strapper and, and absolutely adored him. And uh, then he spends a lot of time at Living Legends doing, I think, uh, various um, appearances. So yep. he's just living the life that he deserves. He's just <laughs> you know, tr- being treated like a king. I actually offered to have him at my farm as well, but I think he, he had so many hands up for, to take him that um, I didn't get to take him myself. But, um, yeah, it's just great to see he's having the life that he deserves. Uh, it's one of the best stories in the, the history of the Spring Racing Carnival. Uh, Michelle, appreciate you jumping on and, and having to chat. You're doing great work now as, a, as an analyst on 7 and appreciate you uh, chatting to us on ABC Radio across the country. You're welcome. Thanks very much.